Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. People who have experienced the upgrade. And I'm just taking Bible characters, extracting some things about them out of the Word of God and showing you how they experience what is called the upgrade. The upgrade is not just a change from one level to another, but it's when God upgrades you into quality. He upgrades your quality of life, quality of being. It's called an upgrade, all right? It means he, add, he brings out additional features of your life. He brings you into promotion at another level of who you really are. And we're calling it the upgrade. I believe that's what God wants us to experience. I believe God wants us to experience this change, this transformation, and it's called the upgrade. All right? And so last week, if you missed last week, you missed the trait. It blessed my socks off. The Lord had us to focus on the biblical character of Rahab. All right? The biblical character of Rahab. And Rahab's story gave us an opportunity to preach the raw gospel. Because here is somebody who is a harlot and a prostitute, and God uses her, Rahab, to save her family. Guys, God uses her. She's a prostitute when God uses her. And so while we know that God will transform us, God still is sovereign that he can start using you even before he fully changed you. Now that's God, he's sovereign. I say God is so sovereign, he can start working through you before he's finished with you. And I begin to talk about the audacity of God to use Rahab as an example of how we should live by faith. Because <laughs> this woman goes through a, 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 a major transformation, uh, does some major things. Israel is able to defeat Jericho because of Rahab. And then she ends up in the New Testament. And I begin to talk about how many always talking about Boaz. And they want their husband to be Boaz. I can't wait to meet my Boaz. But did you know his mama's name, excuse his mama's name, Rahab? Oh, you didn't know that? Study your Bible. His mother is Rahab. Who would have think that the prostitute would get delivered, regenerated? And the next thing you know, she marries a man named Salmon of the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Judah, excuse me. And now the tribe of Judah, and she marries into, she's engrafted into the covenant of Israel. She's an outcast. She's not born Jew, born Israel. It's what we know as modern day Gentiles. She's not in the covenant. She's outside, but she mingles enough that God brings us in she get married to this man named Salmon and the next you know her whole life is changed she ends up bringing forth Boaz she's riding in the lineage of Jesus Christ and then she shows up again in Hebrews 11 when God want to speak to us about faith he takes us back to a prostitute named Rahab Lord have mercy the audacity of God made us get encouraged from a prostitute. Read your Bible, it'll change your life. Read your Bible, it'll change your life. Tonight we want to focus on someone else. We want to focus on Joshua. We want to focus on Joshua. Again, people who experience the upgrade and my focus on biblical character tonight is Joshua. My son is named Joshua. And Joshua has become a very popular name Several people in the church is named Joshua, and a few of them named Joseph. And we praise God for the ones whose name is Joseph as well. God's favor is on you. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, I got no sense of humor. My name Joseph. Hallelujah. All right. But I want to talk about Joshua. And I want to show you some keys to his life and how he ex received what I consider to be his upgrade. I'm going to give you some simple stuff tonight. So Joshua, simply his name is an Old Testament word, uh, Old Testament Hebrew name, meaning Jehovah saves. All right. Joshua means Jehovah saves. All right. Again, part of this lessons is about biblical literacy, getting you education. You got to start knowing some things about the word of God. All right. So Jehovah saves. Joshua means Jehovah saves. All right. And this translation of the Hebrew word in the Old Testament, Jehovah saves, translate to the New Testament and it means Jesus. So Joshua uh, Old Testament is Jesus New Testament. All right, are you with me, those who are joining us by Facebook Live, joining us by YouTube? Are you with me, Jessica Rush? Are you with me, Rhonda Oliver, Denise Pittman? Are you with me? All right, I see y'all out there. Come on, somebody swing. Somebody say hello to me out there in social media if you're with me tonight. All right, I see y'all out there. I appreciate you guys. All right, so his name, Joshua, Old Testament is Jesus, New Testament. That's his name. Now let's get into the nature of Joshua so you can see some actions around him that may describe how Joshua functions, the nature of Joshua. When you really study Joshua, Joshua was tough as nails. He was tough. He was a tough man of God. Uh, you'll see some scriptures where God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. He was that type of guy. He was accustomed to the highs and the lows of God. He's seen the miracles and the majesty of God. He's seen so many wonders that God had done through the life of Israel. He was there to see it all. Let me show you a little bit about his nature. Numbers 11, 24 through 28. Numbers 11, 24 to 28 shows us the nature of Joshua. When we get to see his nature, it's going to help us understand some of the characteristics that enabled him to receive the upgrade. Joshua, I mean, Numbers 11, verse 24 says, And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and gathered 70 men of elders of the people, and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him, upon Moses, and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. Let me pause. What's happening is Moses has built a leading and growing flock. But the flock is so big Moses is overwhelmed with not having enough leadership to lead these people. And so he's saying, God, why would you bless me with all these people? And I'm overwhelmed with managing them. So God says, here's the remedy. I'm going to send the wind of God, send a cloud, and I'm going to take the spirit that's on you. And I'm going to release it upon 70 elders. And when he did so in verse 25 at the end part, it said they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, the name of the other one was Medad. It means loved and beloved. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. 
right? So Eldad and Medad then go outside of the tabernacle. They stayed in the camp and prophesied. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp, right? So somebody said, Moses, I think we got an issue. We got two people that, you know, you put the spirit on them. Everybody else was down in the tabernacle doing what, you know, but there's two more on the outside of the camp and they just continue to prophesy in the camp. Joshua, the son of Nun, here is his name, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, so out of the crowd of young men, I want you to point that out, out of the crowd of young men, Joshua is the one who stood, stands up to this situation and says, uh, my Lord Moses, forbid them. It shows Joshua's nature that potentially if something is out of order, Joshua wants to deal with it. Joshua's not willing to say, hey, Moses, if they're doing something they shouldn't do, uh, Moses forbid them, let's stop them from going in the wrong direction, all right, from going in the wrong direction. And a few verses after that, Moses talks to Joshua and says, no, no, Joshua, they're fine. I wish more people would prophesy like that. I wish more people were prophets like that. I wish I had more help like Eldad and Medad because all they're doing is helping me do the things that I'm called to do. Now, his nature is to stop it, but at this moment, this lesson becomes very instrumental to his mind being shaped as a leader because in this moment, he's recognizing he needs other people in power just like him it's very important for him it's very important for him because he said oh my god should I stop them and then the most said no no no. I wish I had more people who would work like this do not forbid them and most said why you why you want me to forbid them it's okay calm down it's a lesson that helps him with his nature uh, uh, Joshua is also one of the 12 spies that goes and scout out the promised land but only he and Caleb brought back a faithful report of God's goodness. Let's read Numbers 14, 6 to 10 so you can see Joshua, Joshua's nature again. I want you to see his nature, how he behaves. All right. Joshua 14, 6 to 10 says, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Japhonim, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes which is a sign of utter disgust. It means they're lamenting something is wrong, right? So they're protesting towards the people, but they're trying to make intercession unto God. It's a manifestation when something's not right. So they rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search it, it is exceeding good land. And if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Listen to how he talks. They are bread for us, meaning the people we got to fight, they are bread for us, meaning we're going to eat them alive. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. All right? But all the congregation bade or wished to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. This shows uh, Joshua's nature. He gets up before everyone else who's complaining about going to the promise. Joshua's nature is, this is our victory. 
This is our promise. This is what God has given us to do. And Joshua represents a person with a relentless nature to have what he's born to have do what he's born to do to walk in his death he has a relentless nature he don't give up easily he's even convincing others look don't come this far and not have your promise he's encouraging them the only thing you don't need to do is rebel against the Lord if you if you don't rebel against the Lord God's gonna give everything over to us these people are weak they are bread for bread for us but the people start about stoning Joshua and Caleb you see his nature again his nature is to stand up in the midst of even when things are contradictory even when people think about uh, stoning him and his life is on the line he's that kind of person who calculates totally different some people calculate and once they find that they're gonna have some opposition they back away from the task but this is not the nature of Joshua Joshua calculates that there may be opposition but he says come on with your best shot I'm ready for it he challenges what is before him it's not that he's numb or dumb or blind that he's gonna be in a war or gonna have things against him he knows he has things against him but his nature is if God is with me nothing can stop me it's his nature he stands against the naysayers and the people who now this again this is very important because these are his people so these naysayers are people that you may have the tendency to try to appease. People that who you are on your side. These are his people. And his people are thinking about stoning him, but it doesn't change his mind. It shows the nature of Joshua. Joshua don't change his mind because his family is not going to serve God. Joshua don't change his mind because his best friend is not going to serve God. The nature of Joshua is, if it's God's will and God's calling to do it, then let's do what God has called us to do. He's willing to face any type of repercussions in order to do what God has called him to do. His name and his nature go together. His name means uh, Jesus saves or God saves, Jehovah saves, and his nature goes together. He's willing to get in a little bit of trouble in order to win the fight. He's willing to get a little bit of bruises in order to win the battle because his name means Joshua saves let me tell you about the path that he went on you need to understand that Joshua was born a slave in Egypt he was born a slave in Egypt his whole family was born uh, in slavery in Egypt so that's all he knew about his identity his occupation was working for and his family worked for the Egyptians so you don't have to go look for some miraculous story trying to wonder where Joshua came from you don't have to think that Joshua came from a family who was free. No, he came from a struggling, fighting, surviving type family. All right? And all he knew was slavery. His family was slaves. They were born of slaves. That's his identity. That's his occupation. That's his history. Let me show you his path. But he also was with God, with Moses, when they crossed the Red Sea. So that means Joshua saw God do miracles. Now you can take that lightly, but if you ever seen a miracle, it'll change your life. If you ever seen one, now you may have read a miracle and believe what you read. That's great. 
But I dare you to go to a miracle service where somebody come in blind and walk out seeing. It'll change your faith. I dare you to go somewhere where you know the person was diagnosed with a disease and you know they had it and the doctor said they weren't going to live and God, they lay hands and pray and God turn it around. It'll do something to your faith. Joshua was there when Moses stretched out his rod and they were there and the chariots were behind them and God separated the sea. Joshua was there. It's something when you see and experience miracles. It takes your faith to a whole nother level. He saw them run across dry land and he ran himself. He didn't just see it. He experienced the power of a miracle. He even saw his enemies, the Egyptians, uh, get swallowed up in the Red Sea. Now, you got to remember, he's a little boy at this time, but it's something when you grow up little seeing God do big things. I said something when you grow up little seeing God do big things. And he saw God do big things from an early age. He also saw the unfortunate situation of people wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. He was there when they rebelled against God for 40 years. So Joshua's accustomed to being a part of stagnant people. He was in the crowd. Now, he may have the nature of courage. He may have boldness. He may step up into the fight. But yet he was a part of a bigger nucleus that was stagnant. So it's almost like, although he had all this power in him, he still was a part of a stagnant people. It's almost like he was trapped within his own genealogy. It's almost like he was trapped within his own family because he still was in the wilderness 40 years of no fault of his own. No fault of his own. He was there with everyone else who kept disobeying God and going around in a circle for 40 years. He was there, but Joshua was faithful. Joshua was there when God provided manna every day. This is another miracle. It was miracle food called manna. Manna, it was miracle food. They called it manna, meaning what is it? It was more like flour, meal type thing. And they made bread from it and they baked it and they pounded it and they made cakes from it. But it was manna. It came down from the dew at night. And when they got up in the morning, the manna was like flakes on the ground and they grabbed the manna. They didn't know where it came from. It, they called it what is it? It means that God will bless you from we don't know where. He know what it is to live in a situation where he don't know where God's going to bless him. Don't know where God's going to take them. But when they look up in the sky and get up in the morning, God done provided. He know what it is to trust God when it doesn't look like things are going to work out. He was there for the manna. He ate the manna. He know what the manna tastes like. When you study, you understand that manna had a taste. Although it was baked like bread, the Bible said it tastes like fresh oil. And so it even says that all alone while he was in the wilderness God was giving Joshua the taste of fresh oil and he had a taste and an appetite for fresh oil there's something that was happening in Joshua although nobody could really see it in the midst of the crowd now listen here there are other people who are also tasting manna but nothing happened happening to them there are other people in the environment they get the miracles too but it's not impacting them but Joshua is being impacted by the environment he's in yeah 
Let me tell you his path. He also was Moses's right hand man. He was one of Moses's assistant. Like I said from youth. We also know him as a great warrior. Exodus 17, 8 through 13 shows us that he was a great warrior. Exodus 17 verse 8 says, Then Amalek fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men. Moses said to Joshua, Choose out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Let me pause. I've read a whole lot. They're in the midst of a fight with these enemies called Amalek. Right, and as they're fighting, Moses tells Joshua, now I need you to grab some men and y'all go fight Amalek. I'm going to the top of the hill as the senior leader here, and as long as my hands are lifted up with the rod of God, which means the authority of God in my hand, then it says as Joshua fought with Amalek and Aaron and Aaron and Ur was at the top of the hill with Moses, as long as Moses' hands was lifted up, Israel prevailed. All right, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Let me pause. This is very important. So although Joshua is skilled in fighting, what Joshua is learning that his victory is more than just his own ability to fight. He, he, he's learning that. Why? Because he's noticing while he's swinging and fighting his enemy, he may be doing the same thing that killed the enemy 20 seconds ago, but is not killing the enemy 20 seconds later. Why? He's wondering why I don't have victory. But the truth of the matter, he understands that a lot of his victory is connected to leadership. Oh, he understands something. He says, oh, I was winning. And the wrong thing that people think is that they're a, they're a victim by themselves and people who learn to connect with leadership and work great under leadership understands that there's a grace and an oil of being under leadership and Joshua says no 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 I can do all the swinging I want to but if my leader is losing then I'm not winning as well y'all got to catch this but Joshua's down there fighting but when Moses's hands go down so he learns an interdependent relationship to the victory in his life. Let me pause and help you understand what I'm trying to tell you. You keep trying to get victory all by yourself. When you're going to team up with a bunch of winners so you can start having a cascade of victory. When you're going to team up with other people who are winning so your winning can stay consecutive. Just want to say, I'm skilled. Yeah, I'm skilled. But I don't get victory all by myself. While I'm down there fighting in the valley, I got a leader with hands lifted up on the hill. Oh, that's interdependent. It's being connected in the right networks. Come on. It wasn't just about Moses lifting hands because you even see the interdependency here that Moses can't keep his hands lifted unless he has an Aaron and an Ur. So, so even in relationship, Joseph, Joshua can't decide he gonna like Moses and don't like Aaron and Ur. You can't just decide that you're gonna like Pastor Joe and you ain't gonna like Minister Amber. Come on, you can't just decide you're gonna like Pastor Robin and not like me. You can't just.
just decide you're going to like Prophetess Shanae and don't like Sister Bethany. You got to love all us up in here. You got to love Sharita Pittman. You got to love Jessica Rush. You got to love Evangelist Graham. You got to love Rhonda Oliver. You got to love Tracy Bryant. You got to love Tracy Johnson. We come together. Uh, Joshua understands this dynamic of interdependence. And it says later on that he understands that he won through with Amalek because other people was on his side giving him victory. This is what you understand about his path. But let me, <coughs> let me get to you understand, <coughs> excuse me, his promise. His promise. Joshua began to lead Israel into the land God promised. While Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt, Joshua took them into the promised land. He began to experience what is called an upgrade. Let me read Joshua 1 in conclusion. Joshua 1. Watch this upgrade. You're with me online? You're with me? Joshua 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that, I, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness... And from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river of Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea toward the, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There should not, there should not, there, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, he tells Joshua. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance of the land, which I swear unto the fa your, your fathers to give them. Again, verse 7, only be thou strong and courageous. He repeats that again. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the, all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not to it from the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whether thou goest. Verse 8, this book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For when thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Here we go again. Be strong and courageous. How many times the Lord going to tell him? He tell him again, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither thou be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Whatsoever thou goest. Verse 10, I'm going to stop that right there. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, I'm just going to stop. After this, after this conversation with God, now Joshua goes to the people to come into the office and he gives them instruction. What I want you to understand in the midst of this last part is Joshua's upgrade came while he was grieving. His upgrade came while he was grieving. I don't want you to think that Joshua was serving, waiting to be next in line. Joshua was not serving, waiting to be next in line. Joshua was just serving with his whole heart. 
Matter of fact, when you study this properly, you understand Moses never picked a successor. Moses only picked a servant. Moses never picked a successor at all. Joshua was never brought into a meeting room, sat down, given a list of instructions, and told by Moses, you're going to be my successor. Never was that the case. Joshua was only chosen as a servant. He was never told that he was going to be a successor. So his, his upgrade comes at a very inconvenient time. It comes at a time where his leader has passed away. And sometimes your upgrade comes even while you're grieving a loss. Sometimes God pushes you forward while you're still lamenting over the past. This is what happens to Joshua. That's why he came three times to tell him, be strong and courageous. Why is he telling them that? Not only because of the fight he has, but also emotionally, he just finished losing his beloved leader who he cherishes and adores, and he don't really feel like leading, if you can understand the interpretation of the text. God taps him on the shoulder and tells him, Moses, my servant is dead, but you the next leader. It's like, what? I'm grieving right now. How are you talking about leading? My servant, I, I wasn't serving in order to take his place. I wasn't just waiting until he died so I could be the leader and be known. I wasn't just showing up, doing all kind of things to be seen. Meaning in the back of my head, I can't wait till Moses die. Because when Moses die, this baby is mine. All this coming. No, 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 no. Joshua was not serving with an anticipation of being next. Yet, everything he did while serving prepared him for the next so while he's grieving I'm trying to minister to somebody I gotta tell you people who experience the upgrade and we have experienced loss nationwide like never before but God is sovereign even in the loss there are some of you who have went through great loss and you wish that the person you love was here to see what God's about to do in your life but you cannot not go in to your upgrade because your mentor has not is not here you cannot go into your upgrade because your mother or father who you dearly love is not here as a matter of fact you gotta go in there to your upgrade to represent everything they taught you to represent the legacy they left you to represent everything they put in your heart you can't sit there and God will knock at your door when you're tired when you feel grieving and God will tell you you got legacy in you that person didn't die in vain that person didn't die for nothing and you're going to live out everything they couldn't do and you're going to take people into the next place that they couldn't take them and God passes the baton not Moses God takes the baton out of Moses' hand and gives it to, from Moses to Joshua and say Joshua you might have to wipe your tears but you're in your upgrade you might have memories of the person you love that, that's passed away but you're in your upgrade and some of you are wondering God now God saying yeah now you're like God can't be I just come, I'm, I'm just got so much going on God God said now he said be strong now you said God for real God said now God will come knock on your door 
and said the worst thing you can do listen to this the worst thing you can do is not be everything that person wanted you to be or you would destroy the legacy of Moses Joshua if you don't rise up and take these people into the promised land if you don't take these people into their next level you would do a disgrace every foundation your grandfather left you everything your mother been trying to teach you and you thinking you just supposed to grieve but God know how to push you while you're grieving I said God knows how to encourage you while you're grieving grieving is serious things but God is sovereign while you're grieving and God will push you into your upgrade even while you're grieving God knocks on Joshua's door while he's grieving yeah this wasn't no best time for Joshua this wasn't like you know sitting around doing nothing this, he was grieving he didn't he wasn't thinking about who's gonna be leading the children of Israel and he wasn't definitely trying to pick himself he was still suffering the loss of his great leader Moses I'm trying to show you just like Joshua he started off as a slave but he was free from his slavery he he moved with people who had a promise although some of them didn't want to go and some of that how it is sometimes you're hanging with people they have no thirst for change they have no thirst for breakthrough they just dry they can stay the way they are and not care about anything but, but Joshua said although I was born in it I'm not gonna live the rest of my life this way although I was born in poverty I'm not gonna live the rest of my life this way although I was I grew up in a gambling house and, and grew up in a house of all kind of foolishness and, and, and wickedness and we they got drunk on the weekends and slapped each other and apologized by Sunday come on and grew up in a domestic violence y'all don't know what I'm talking about but some people grew up in all kinds of situations Joshua was the one that said all those I grew up in it I'm not gonna live the rest of my life this way Joshua was the one who can press through and receive the upgrade I got to get you to see this so you don't see it no other way we just think Joshua was around hanging around Moses you know again just saying I can't boy when you die that's a sad life when you're doing everything only just to wait till somebody dies so you can get their land and get their money won't do nothing for yourself don't have a drive for yourself but you're sitting around waiting on something even though things come through a wheel and I'm not saying things don't come through a wheel but I'm just saying when you're sitting around waiting for it Joshua wasn't sitting around waiting for Moses' position God knocked on his heart and says hey you're grieving but I got you to live out this legacy you're grieving but I got some things I want you to do and the worst thing you can do in the name of the person you lost and the person you love is not move forward that's what God was saying to Joshua. He said, Joshua, I need you to be strong right now. I can imagine Joshua, you know, I, I amplify the text. I try to make you see it. That's why I showed you that God told him three times. Come on, imagine God talking to you in a matter of 20 seconds, 20 seconds of conversation. He tell you the, almost the same thing three times. He was telling him, I know you're having a hard time, but Joshua, be strong and have good courage. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Meaning, Joshua, this is yours to take, and I'm giving it to you, and I'm promising you I'm going to bless you. Will you lift your hands? I'm praying tonight that you understand. Joshua was one of the ones who experienced the upgrade. Again, here we have another biblical character that delivers us from excuses. 
He was born in slavery. As many times what you are born in is easier to stay in. Many times what you are accustomed to, it's easier just to repeat and become familiar with it. That's familiar spirit. And become familiar with those patterns of being stuck. You can be stuck with everybody else. Your family was stuck. My daddy was stuck. My daddy was an alcoholic. I know alcoholic well. It's in my family line. This is how we act. This is how. And so to do something different. Joshua said to me, Bible even said that Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit, a unique spirit, a more excellent spirit. They were saying, we're not going to live this way some of you just that way you was born in all kind of circumstances but you got a nature that says I believe God's gonna do more in me that's what Joshua represents he learned the lesson of interdependency he learned to connect with other people and he learned that his, his victory was interdependent upon relationships that's why that lesson that Moses teach him when he's about to hush up the mouth of El Dad and me dad. That's why I taught that lesson before I taught the interdependency on the mountain where Moses' hands are lifted because that first lesson is so important. Because he was about to stop the flow of the spirit because he thought El Dad and me dad was out of order. And, and Moses was telling him, expand your perspective. You can't do all the work yourself. You need other people to help you be great. Chill out. That's what Moses basically tell him. And I'm trying to show you the things that God will cause you to grow into. And so, Father, while our hands are lifted tonight, this is what you're saying to us. You're getting us ready to see through this text people who experience a transformation, an upgrade. Here's Joshua. <laughs> the nature of somebody say, I'm going to be different. Somebody declare, I'm going to reach it. I'm going to be different. I'm going to achieve it. Come on, I'm going to reach my destiny. Come on, take a moment of declaration through your lips. I'm going to be what God's called me to be. I'm going to go against the odds. I'm going to stand the test of faith. I'm going to stand in opposition. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to bow down to envy or jealousy. I'm going to stand in the midst of people not liking me because I know my purpose. I know what God's called me to do. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be firm in my destiny. Come on, that's what Joshua did. Come on. They thought about stoning him all because he wanted to grow. I said they want to stone him for growing. All he said is I want to go into the promise. And because he wanted to go into the promise, they talk about stoning him. But Father, we'll be those type of people who receive the upgrade because we're bold and courageous. And we're going to, we see through the life of Joshua what we can be and what we can do. If you receive this study and teaching tonight, give God praise tonight. Come on, everybody, even at home. I see you all online tonight. Come on, let's praise God. Come on, Minister Pauline. Come on, Audrey Wilson. I'm going to experience the upgrade. Come on, Joshua shows us that you can start off in slavery and end up rich. He went into the promised land. You can start off poor and end up blessed. You can start off in sin and end up righteous. Come on, you can start off low and end up high. Come on. Come on, you understand what I'm saying, Rhonda Oliver. You understand what I'm saying, Deacon Jimmy. You understand what I'm saying, Terry Jefferson. God wants us to see ourselves through these people. They were human. Come on, they were human. They had weaknesses just like some of us have weaknesses. But they didn't allow, allow their weakness to define what God could do with them. And so, Father, we're doing the same. We're going to receive the upgrade. Give God one more praise. I've got to go home and eat my chicken. Come on. Come on, I'm about to go eat my chicken. It's time to go. We'll praise him tonight.
Glory to God. I gotta go. I love you, but I gotta go. I'm gonna get the upgrade. I'm a candidate for the upgrade. I'm a candidate for the upgrade. And you're a candidate for the upgrade as well. So Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we leave, let's be a blessing in giving. Come on, the giving information is on the screen. I thank you so much. Let's be a blessing in giving, whether you're texting to give or using any of our technology features. Be a blessing to the household of faith, whether you're online or in person. We thank you so much. Good to see you connected, Angela Jones, tonight. God bless you. This is the Tyra Dawkins. So see, good to see you connected tonight. So many of you out there, wave at me. Good to see you, my brother, my sister. Good to see y'all. Come on, wave back at me. I'm talking to you, you, you. Yeah, yeah, the one that turned around. Yeah, brother, I'm talking to you. <laughs> good to see you tonight, brother Marcus. Good to see you tonight. All of God's people tonight. Let's be a blessing in giving. And like I said, prepare on July 14th. That's not the Wednesday coming, but the Wednesday after. Right? So the Wednesday coming is a rest day. No Bible study. But the following Wednesday, which will be the 14th, we're going to have Bible study. We'll be still studying people who experience the upgrade, taking another biblical character. But we're going to have fellowship after, all right? So I want us to start fellowshipping and mingling again. And you can do it safely. You can spread out of the fellowship hall and all that good stuff. But we want to start fellowshipping on site, all right? So those online, amen. We love you. If you're able to come and drive over on Wednesday nights, come on over on Wednesday nights. We're here, amen. Hopefully I tried to do. I did pretty good tonight. Amen. It's 8.06. I try to watch the time, but the children are out of school. Am I right? Amen. So y'all ain't doing nothing but watching Netflix and amen and watching movies. So you can come and worship with me in person. Come on. I take it. I try to be nice on the Wednesday nights with children in school, but you ain't got that reason now. Come on out on Wednesday night. All right. So whether you're in person or online, all right, I want you to be a part. So Father, we love you tonight. We praise you for your word. We thank you for being good to us. We thank you that we are candidates for the upgrade, transformation, moving up to a new grade of living, a new design of functioning. We praise you tonight. Father, we thank you for those who may be traveling over the course of the next days, going to see family, friends, who enjoy uh, July 4th. We pray for safety for everyone, uh, fun and safety and good enjoyment, laughter, and they'll find themselves with good people they can enjoy good barbecue, good ribs, good chicken, and good fish. We bless you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I love you. As you can see, I got the joy of the Lord, but I can't wait to see you Sunday morning. God's going to bless us at 10 a.m. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.